This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. All throughout the pandemic, we've heard countless facts and figures about the toll COVID-19 has taken on our country and our world. But what often gets forgotten in those numbers are the people we've lost and the loved ones who are grieving. Thousands of children have lost parents to the virus, and thousands of spouses and partners have been suddenly left alone. I remember one doctor said he was like, when I see your husband, I see myself. And I would want everybody doing everything possible to save my life so that I can go home to my wife and children. My wife is young like you. My children are young. We want to do everything. That was Dr. Sandra McGowan speaking on the podcast by Dougie Center. She's a physician at McGowan Family Health and Wellness Center. And that's her practice in South Suburban Flossmoor. Dr. McGowan, thanks for being here. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Now, we heard a little bit of your story at the top there. Can you tell us more about your husband, Steve? Um, yes. So Steve, my husband, was had just turned 51 at the time of his passing. And um, he was a loving, caring husband and father and just a genuinely good person, someone who always went out of his way to make other people happy, whether that was telling jokes to make them laugh Uh or doing things to help them feel comfortable or feel like he cared about them. Um, By trade, he was a bus driver, but he had taken some time off work to help me start my practice in 2019. So during, you know, 2019 and early 2020, he was working, helping me get my practice off and running. Um, He was just one of those people that everyone liked to be around. I always described him as being the life of the party. Whenever he was around, he was going to make sure you laughed and you had a good time. Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry to hear about your loss, Dr. McGowan. Thank you. As a physician, you, you mentioned how you also had to separate being Sandra the wife and Sandra the physician, right? What was that like? Yes. I would have to say that was the hardest part about the whole ordeal is separated to because as a doctor, I knew how bad this was. Um, Early in the pandemic, even before it hit Chicago really hard, I was always fearful of me getting COVID from being at work and bringing it home and infecting someone that I love and care about. So... I was always being overly cautious. And when he first fell ill, I went through the guilt of, was it something I brought home? And how do I keep him healthy? And how do I keep him safe at home? Because this was early in the pandemic. This was the beginning of April of 2020, where COVID tests were limited. We weren't really testing people. We were assuming if you had symptoms, you probably had COVID. Mm -hmm. Telling people don't go to the hospital unless something is really wrong, you can't breathe. So I kept my husband home for over a week taking care of him. So I was giving him fluids, giving him Tylenol to keep his fever down, making sure he took his blood pressure medicine so his blood pressure was normal, making sure he ate well and drank fluids. And I was trying to do everything that I knew to do as a physician because I knew once I took him to the hospital, I wasn't going to be able to see him. And I just knew that that would be hard for him to be able to be in a hospital and not have 
a familiar face to see. Yeah. So it wasn't until the last moment, and I remember the day that he he went into the hospital on a Sunday, which was actually Easter Sunday. But I remember that Friday, I took him to finally go get COVID tested and to urgent care so his vitals could be taken. And he was stable, but I can see in his face that he was getting weaker and weaker. And I watched him that weekend. And finally, that Sunday, I took his oxygen level, and it was low, and I took him to the emergency room. And in my mind, I knew then how severe this was and how serious it was and got him to the ER. They gave him oxygen. He was doing better. Thankfully, being a doctor worked in my favor this time because they let me back in the emergency room to sit with him while they, you know, decided what to do. So the doctors were, you know, telling me, hey, he has pneumonia in both lungs. We gave him oxygen. He's doing okay. Hopefully this helps him, but we need to admit him overnight. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you won't be able to go to the once we take him upstairs. And I remember that night my husband kept saying in the ER, go home. I'm going to be okay. Go home. And I finally left to go home. And mm. I, I, I was listening to the doctor, so I knew what was going on. But in my mind, I kept saying, I'm not a doctor today. I'm Steve's wife. And then that next day, he called me saying he couldn't breathe. And I called the, you know, told him, call your nurse. And within about an hour or so, he he texted me, I'm going to have to be intubated. And then the nurse called me and the doctor called me. And the doctor told me everything that was going on, that they wanted to transfer him to a different hospital because he needed more care that they couldn't give him there. And... I remember when he got to the second hospital, the doctor that next day talking to me and was like, I need you to separate who you are. I don't need you to be his doctor. I don't need you to be a doctor. I need you to be a wife because your doctor mind is going to take you down loops that you know too much and it's going to make you even more scared. I need you to have faith in us to do our job, but be his wife and do the things that a wife would do. So I think that was the hardest part is just, separating because I knew how severe this illness was. I knew as a medical community, we didn't really know still what to do. Yeah, this was, this was 2020. This was uh, early 2020. So, yeah. Um, uh, Dr. McGowan, I I want to bring another voice into the conversation. Joining us now is Pamela Addison. She's founder of the young widows and widowers of COVID-19 Facebook group. Hi, Pamela. Glad you could join us. Hi, thanks so much for having me. You can relate to Sandra's story. You also lost your husband early on in the pandemic back in April of 2020. Can you talk to us right. about Martin? Who was he? Um, he was just an amazing husband, father, and speech pathologist. Um, he had such an amazing heart, and I think that's what people miss about him the most is how big his heart was and how he would do anything for anybody that he loved and cared about. And at the time, your your son was five months old and your, your daughter had yeah. just turned two. Wow, that's tough. How did you explain to them what was happening? Um, so my daughter knew, you know, Papa was sick because she heard him coughing a lot. And every time, you know, she, we were upstairs in her room and he was isolating in my bedroom she would hear him cough and just say, Papa's coughing, he's sick. And that was like the conversation. And then when I had to call 911, she did, um, she was looking out the window and she did see him get loaded to the ambulance. So I just told her that he got 
really sick and he couldn't stay home anymore and that he was going to, you know, go to the hospital and the doctors were going to make him better and then he'd come home. And that was what I truly believed because, you know, on the news, you were you were constantly being told, you know, COVID is not affecting the younger people. It's affecting older. So I just thought he needed some help and he was going to come home to us. Hmm. How are they processing their grief now? Um. You know, I definitely see in my son, he was only five months. So I think like he's kind of understands that this is where our family is. But I can tell that like, you know, he's obsessed with watching, you know, my across the street male neighbor, you know. So I feel like he knows that there is a man missing in our household. And my daughter, you know, she talks about him every day. She like reminds me every day that, you know, she loves Papa. Papa Mm -hmm. lives in her heart now because he's up in heaven. And, you know, she did did have a difficult time. I had to get her therapy when she was just two to help me learn how to help a two-year-old because I had no idea how to help her in her grief because she stopped eating. She looked sad all the time. She really did change. She wasn't the Elsie that I knew because of this traumatic experience. So now we're, you know, able to have the conversation. Sometimes, you know, when she's sad, she'll ask me why he had to die or why did he, she'll tell me, she'll ask me, tell me why Papa died again. You know, and then I just explain that his heart stopped beating. And when your heart stops beating, you die and you go to heaven. So that's her, that's what her understanding is right now. She mm-hmm. doesn't understand there was this huge virus yet, you know, mm-hmm. but in time she will. Yeah. And I'm just going to be open and honest with her because that's basically whatever every therapist has told me. You just have to be upfront with them. Pamela, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. Sandra, your daughter's 13. How yes. are you navigating grief together? Um, well, we both started counseling very early. Um, and I try to be very open and talk about my husband in front of her. Um, even in the beginning, I didn't sugarcoat things. I didn't hide things. I made sure I was open and honest with her about how sick he was. And I think at her age, she was 11 at the time, she was able to process things. So I just try to be open with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had her go to a grief camp last summer, and I think that helped because she was very quiet about things, not really talking about him a lot or talking about her feelings. But she's now started doing that, and she's also starting to cook. My husband was the cook in the house, and that is something she started doing is cooking and baking after his death. Mm. You both turned to... Facebook bereavement groups for support. Sandra, what made you decide to do that? You know, someone early on who had lost their spouse, she called me or text messaged me right after she found out what happened and said support groups are like a really good thing to do. And she said, there's a lot of Facebook groups. We're in the middle of a pandemic, so it's hard to actually go to a support group. So I think that's kind of how I started off going to support groups on Facebook. And then from there, Um, I actually met some of the women in person, and I have a relationship with these women now. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you've gained, you think, from this online community. Um, I gained a lot of friends, a lot of people I now call sisters, Um, ladies who I am in a group with, and we text each other every day, checking in, seeing how people are doing. And it helps to have people, although, well, I actually met one lady whose husband died of COVID. Although they may not have lost their husband the same way in 
so quick as I did, it's still good to have people who actually understand what it's like to lose a spouse because I don't think other people understand that. And grief from losing a spouse is totally different from grief of losing other people because you lose so much more than your companion. You lose your co-parent. You lose the person who helped you navigate things at home. So it's the secondary losses. So Mm -hmm. finding other women or people who understand has been a godsend for me. Pamela, you started your own Facebook group for young widows and widowers of COVID-19. And Sandra's also a part of that group as well. Why did you want to start the group? Um, Because um, when my husband died, I did feel so alone. I thought like I was the only young widow with young kids who lost someone with, you know, to COVID. And it was a very lonely place. And, you know, a few months later, I had written something. And when I posted it to um, all these other COVID bereavement groups, so many young widows commented and Basically, the same message was, I thought I was all alone until I read your article. I, I, that was my story. And I decided that I needed to, you know, create a group where we could come together and help support each other because COVID is a very complex loss. You go that roller coaster ride of they're getting better. Oh, they took a turn for the worse. Oh, they're improving was, you know, detrimental to like my my mental state and just then navigating the young kids. So the fact that we can come together and talk about our experiences, sometimes they've, you know, mentioned something in their story and I remember it because I've obviously put it back on, you know, the back burner because I didn't want to face it, but that has helped me heal. And I think, and I just thought that there was just a need for a place for us to come because we are a very, you know, unique group of people. Yeah. Sandra talked a second ago about what it's really like to miss that partner and that co-parent in the house. Are there any particular challenges that you faced, Pamela, that you wish people understood better? I mean, I think it is like just the simplest of things. Like when you have two, like I had a five-month-old and a toddler, like bedtime had became so much more difficult because you didn't have your other person there. Bath time is like figuring out all those little things that used to be so easy and like you doing it on your own. I think that is what people don't understand. Like when you become a solo parent, you don't have that partner to help you out. Or like, Mm -hmm. you know, if one's bad and the other one wants you too, it's so hard when you don't have that other person to say like, here, can you take Graham and I'll, I'll, I'll help Elsie and then we can swap or you don't have that person. And I think that was learning how to balance that and like, getting that new normal was what was hardest for me, especially with two little ones. What would you say you've learned from others who have joined your group, your Facebook group? Um, Besides not being alone, it's just like they have those same struggles. And, you know, I think like when you lose someone, you're just so hard on yourself because you feel like you should figure out all these things. But then when you see someone else still trying to figure out, something that you're trying to figure out you kind of feel like okay good it's you know I'm not crazy I'm not you know doing this wrong you know Mm -hmm. I think that that's what I've gained like that community of like there's people who who are experiencing the exact same challenges. Sandra what do you want people to remember from this conversation about what it's like to be in your shoes? Um, The biggest thing I would say I want people to remember is to just be compassionate and understanding and to listen and also to offer help. I found the hardest part for me was when people would say, what do you need for me to do? 
I felt I wasn't going to tell people what I needed because I didn't know what I needed. So if someone, the people who helped most were the people who dropped Bible food or because it was COVID and they couldn't come, send a gift card and say, here's dinner for you and your family today, or ordering food and sending it to the house. So I think just being proactive in how you help people instead of asking what they need, just providing it. And, you know, we're now seeing restrictions being lifted in states around the country. Illinois just lifted its vaccine mandate and and masking requirements for most indoor spaces. So as we continue to make our way through the pandemic, what else do you want folks to keep in mind? I would want people to continue to be safe in whatever aspects you're in. So even though we're not wearing masks, continue to keep the six feet distance, respecting those boundaries, or when you're in enclosed places, still considering wearing your mask. And most importantly, if you are able to be vaccinated and you haven't to get vaccinated, I think that is probably one of the biggest and most important things right now. That is Dr. Sandra McGowan and Pamela Addison. Dr. McGowan and Pamela, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Take care. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.